0: building. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Uh, Tuesday upon us with, you know, weather. It's definitely warm wherever you look across the U.S. And having said that, this warm, dry weather pattern. What is this all going to mean for the market trade? What side of the fence are you on? We're going to dive into that to start out with. You know, when it comes to putting, as as Aaron Bertles has said, all your eggs in one basket, it's probably not a good thing. As I mentioned, Aaron Bertles joins us. He is with Crossroads Marketing. And so we start out, uh, what side of the fence? Where does this market seem to be? And is it opposite doing what we think it should be?
1: Yeah. And I think it depends on each individual person too. And just where you're sitting at and what you're looking at for, for the overall marketplace and just what you've done at this point. But, you know, this is a situation right now with it being July 27th, we're already past the point where the market usually starts to make up its mind, its mind about, you know, what direction it feels like we need to be heading based on what it feels like crop size is going to be. And since May, we've kind of been in somewhat of a downtrend where we've had some bounces, but we haven't gotten back to the highs. And, you know, obviously we're sitting here in a spot now where every bounce either gives you this feeling that we're going to finally go up and do what we thought we were going to do all summer, or you need to be looking at, at each bounce as an opportunity to get some more sold or just get a little bit more short, whatever that is for your situation. And I think overall to me, this trade is sitting in a place where it feels like at least it's acting to me like it feels like it's going to get what it needs from a crop production standpoint. So whether that means that they think the yield is going to be very good or good enough or that demand is already overstated and they don't think we're going to need as big a yield as a lot of people are talking. I don't know which one of those it is, but it just seems to me that that's the way that they're acting until they get some type of evidence uh, in a report or something that shows them that this crop is getting a lot smaller uh, they seem to be betting on the side that they're going to get what they need to to have the carry out that that makes things sufficient moving into next year
0: well well having said that and I know that there's been a, a lot of talk bouncing back and forth as to where we're going to see demand wise questioning you know what the crop sizes are going to be not only here in the United States but what South America is going to see how much pressure is that putting right now on the trade
1: i think it's putting a lot of pressure on it but i also think you got to think about all these things that we've had that that are, are really friendly, right? I mean, this weather right now couldn't be worse, uh, in most places, right? You're talking 95 to a hundred degrees, no real rain in the places that need rain. And yet we're not really doing anything in the marketplace, right? We, we went down last week with this forecast. Uh, we bounced a little bit here uh, early on, but this is not really the reaction you'd like to see, you know, and this all coming back from, you know, an acreage report, um, You know, in June, that told us everything you would want to hear from a bullish standpoint, but yet we really, other than that day, had no friendly reaction from that report. All of these rallies up to this point, all these big days, are getting sold right now. Um, You know, I don't. Again, I don't know why that is in particular, other than the fact that this is just that time of year where they usually make up their minds on what they expect, and right now it seems to me they're expecting that we're going to have a crop that's sufficient. Uh, whether that ends up being true or not, none of us know. And the problem is if it's not sufficient, we may not know that result for a while, right? They could easily come out in August in this report and not tell us anything, right? And not because they're trying to be, um, you know, trying to withhold information. It's just that it's August, right? There's not going to be any uh, real harvest information at that point. So they could easily come out and just kind of kick the can down the road and say, we'll wait until September and, and see what starts coming out of those lower states. Uh, but yeah, this, to me right now, they're just showing with all these updates and all this friendly news that doesn't really get things going, that they've kind of chosen their side.
0: Having said that, what makes you nervous looking at this trade?
1: I think demand makes me the most nervous, you know, and, and the expectations that we have for demand right now. Uh it's big, right? That's what we're expecting. We're also expecting there's not going to be any real hindrances on ethanol right now at this point. You're starting to see stuff about that that uh, is is stuff that you would never hope to see, right? With bipartisan support on some bills um, that are being brought to the table to, you know, end some of that stuff, which is not exactly what you want to see in this situation. So I worry about this price. I worry about going into fall and that demand uh, has bigger troubles than we would expect. And it, could coincide with us not getting the yield information that we'd like to in the time frame that we want to see it. Um, so then you got to worry about 2022 as well, right? If demand starts to suffer, and we expect to produce a lot of corn uh, going into next year, or South America is obviously going to up their acres too. Uh, what's the 22 or 2022 price do, which is sitting right around five dollars right now?
0: Weekly Crop Progress Report came out yesterday. Did you see any surprises or were things pretty much status quo considering what the weather's been like?
1: I think that they were, you know, obviously with beans, they got a little bit of a surprise um, with the decline of 2%. And I I think most people expect that you're going to see that decline continue um, because this was really the week that they expected to see more declines. And you won't see that until Monday. So, that's all stuff that's known though that's the issue right now is we we know that these things are probably going to decline as far as condition ratings go but yet we're not really getting a lot of reaction out of that um so that's what worries me is it's the the reaction to what should be pretty friendly news and and a market that still should somewhat be a weather market and it just really isn't acting like it at this point
0: having said that what are some things, before we head to break, what are some key things we need to keep an eye on, especially after this hot weather of this week and what we might see come Monday's next Monday's report?
1: Yeah, you've just got to watch some of these um, specific areas, right, as far as price goes. So we've moved around a lot. We've gone up, we've gone down, we've gone above some moving averages. Until we start taking out some of these most recent highs um, and start seeing some good action above that, we really need to be using these rallies as, as selling points.
0: Good things to think about. Stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. We're going to continue into the second half of today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Continue to talk about what's going on within this grain complex. I'm going to flip it around a little bit as we've been talking over the last week or so. What is all this craziness on the grain side going to mean for our livestock producers? More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. In the dirt. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue to get a conversation with Aaron Bertels. Aaron, again, is with Crossroads Marketing. And Aaron, sometimes I wish people could listen in on our conversation during the commercial break because it does bring up some interesting things that I think we've thought about but not really thought about at this point. And that first one you talked about was this ethanol mandate. What effects could we see or how do we prepare for ourselves as suddenly this mandate affects the way our corn is going to be, numbers are going to be used.
1: Yeah. And again, this is just, it, it's something that has been talked about. I've seen blurbs on it. You know, it's not like it's something that's uh, going through at this point, but you know, there's a bill out that's, that's gotten bipartisan support to just end the ethanol mandate. Right. And so obviously senators in the Midwest and congressmen and everybody will fight like crazy to not allow that because it would be uh, something that we can't even imagine from a demand standpoint that would be taken away. Um, you know, and it wouldn't be something that would be quick or anything like that, but it's still something that you've got to concern yourself with because if it was ever able to get done, if they were ever able to squash, you know, ethanol like that, it would be with this administration and with the votes that they have available to them right now. Um, so it's something to worry about. And you're talking, if they were able to get it done, you're talking 500, 600 million bushels right back on, um, you know, to the carry out, which changes things drastically. Now, you drop the yield by six, seven, eight bushels and it, it may still not matter. But, you know, it's those kind of things that make me nervous going into this fall, even though I think it would be a much bigger percentage that nothing happens there, uh, it's still something that we've got to worry about. And you've also got to worry about just the timing of all this stuff, right? So let's say that there is big yield changes to come because of this heat, and because of everything that happens, when we when do we know that information? Well, let's say they don't really start changing things until October. You know, what kind of demand are we going to see between now and then? Uh, if it's like last year, then we will have seen a decent amount, but China's already bought a decent amount ahead of time. So maybe they don't need to do that now. And this is not a time where we typically see a ton of corn exports. So you're not going to have that friendly news during this time. So what happens to the market between now and then? What What kind of hole are we coming out of? in that time frame if that's if if we have to wait till then to start to get some of this information that we're you know certain is going to go our way right so it's it's the timing of all this stuff that you have to worry about too because people have things that need to get done right they've got bushels that need to be delivered at harvest they they've got bushels there that need to go in and they're going to have to pay storage on if they don't get them sold so there's a lot of things to think about from a marketing standpoint here as you start to look at you know what you really believe is going to take place but then you also have to think about when that information may actually come to light.
0: Yeah, I think this kind of, excuse me, goes back to the whole fence discussion we had in the first half. What if there's guys that are sitting on the fence haven't sold that new crop yet because they're thinking the weather we're having is going to have an ill effect on the numbers, so we're going to get more money for the grain, so let's hold off till harvest or beyond.
1: And it may very well be right. As I told you when we were off the air, I don't think it takes much from a yield standpoint to really change things, a drop I mean. You know, you you start coming down into the mid-170s or or lower-170s in yield like we were last year, and if you keep demand where it's at, we're in a really tight situation, and you should see price better than where we are today. But if that doesn't happen in the right time frame, and you're sitting here right now, and you've got stuff that's going to have to go and fall, you you have to make choices differently than stuff that that is just going to go into the bin, right? And everybody's got their own situations financially you know what they can store all those things and you need to really be thinking about those things as you're getting closer and closer to that time where the market's going to be making these decisions for you right it, you're not you're running out of time to make these decisions yourself so it's either going to go your way or it's not and right now we're still in a place where uh, this is a very beneficial price point for a lot of people um, especially on this year's crop which was a little bit cheaper to produce than what next year's crop is going to be, right? So uh, you know those costs are going to be higher for next year. What you don't know is what the price will be. And that's why I mentioned 2022 earlier is it's close to $5 right now. That is going to be profitable for 90% of the people out there. Maybe not quite that high, but pretty high, right? So what you don't know is if that price will be lower than that, what you do know is your costs are going to be a lot higher, no matter what happens to price from here to there.
0: Quickly, before we wrap up, from a livestock perspective, should they be nervous watching what's happening in the grain complex?
1: You know, I was really, again, livestock gave us some hope here uh, the last, you know, yesterday, uh, making new highs on feeder cattle, um, working up into the upper side of a wedge on live cattle. Uh, I really still feel like there's some opportunity there. I think now the market's backed off a little bit today because they're waiting to see if cash can follow suit. We saw some 119 trade, Uh, you know a little bit of 190 trade yesterday but i think they're waiting to see if we can get that up into the 120 121 122 range to see if it makes sense to be able to push the futures on those markets higher so we are right at those places now where it needs to be making some decisions could be a double top in feeder cattle um you know which would obviously look a little bit
0: more beneficial for corn that's good what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you
1: Yeah, you can give me a call at 402-309-3171 or email me at abirtles at crossroadsml.com.
0: And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.